Welcome to episode 80 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. This episode is all about Valerie Knox, just the most captivating Canadian, Valerie Knox. Valerie's in several super rad bands, Black Cat Attack, The Anti-Queens, and a newer band that exists just to play Misfits covers, The Hybrids. Valerie's also done several kind of group efforts, collaboration type of things, covering bands like Rancid and The Offspring, and all that stuff has been done during these kind of COVID quarantine days that we're living in right now. Valerie definitely stays busy, that's for sure. That is a very good thing for all of us as we get to hear more of her music. I would say every band that Valerie's involved in is absolutely great, as evidenced by the songs that you're going to hear in tonight's episode. By the way, you're actually hearing one of those songs in the background right now. That is a song by Black Cat Attack, and it is called Phasers Set to Thrill. Black Cat Attack, they were my introduction to Valerie. Just real quick, I'll kind of give the backstory on that. I was looking for some music for a specific episode that I was doing with Carolyn Morissette back in August of 2020, and I wanted a Canadian band that had something to do like a Canadian horror punk kind of band, that kind of thing. So I googled Canadian horror punk, and this band Black Cat Attack popped up. I saw Valerie was in the band. I wrote to her, said, hey, can I use the song? Oh yeah, great. So we kind of started talking here and there, the band Black Cat Attack is fucking great, absolutely great. By getting introduced to Valerie and Black Cat Attack, I saw she played guitar and sang a little bit in another band called The Anti-Queens. There's a song out there that I found by The Anti-Queens called Worse Than Death that is probably one of the catchiest songs I have ever heard in my entire life. No shit. Just an absolutely amazing, catchy, would not leave my fucking head for like, I don't know, a month? It's still stuck in my head. Like when I'm scripting and writing all this intro stuff, it, the song like goes through my head constantly. That's how good it is. Well, yeah, by the way, you are going to hear that song in this episode as well a little bit later. Now, as I was further going down kind of the rabbit hole of all the different things that Valerie Knox is involved in, right before we did the interview for this episode, I found out she's in a band called The Hybrids, and they do nothing but Misfits covers. And you know, if you want to know how to win me over, how to get my attention very quickly and easily, just play some Misfits songs and do a good job of it, and that you're fucked, you're in, you're good. And that's exactly, The Hybrids are rad. It's incredibly great pool of talent of all these people that are involved in various other bands, of which Valerie is one of them, and she sings in The Hybrids. So guess what? You're going to hear two of those hybrid songs tonight as well. So here's what we have coming up. We've got an interview with Valerie Knox. We've got three more songs, as I kind of alluded to a second ago, that feature Valerie either singing or playing guitar or both. Super rad. And do you see what I kind of did there? I told the backstory, I gave the kind of why and the how of the episode, told you all about the music that was coming up in the episode, all in one shot. I, I'm definitely getting better at doing the podcasting thing, because I didn't waste your time, and I didn't waste my time. Convenience, easy, informational, educational, awesome. That is the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. I'm here for you. 
All right, well, before we get to hear one of those hybrid songs I just mentioned and actually get to the interview part of the episode, why don't we do the... Beer of the Episode. Yes, the beer of the episode this week is the Executive Shredder by Plan 9 Alehouse, a 6.2% alcohol by volume IPA brewed with Columbus, Simcoe, and Cascade hops. Let's check this beer out real quick. I shall return. Yeah, good, very good. Very much an IPA, a very smooth IPA. I do have to say 6.2% is not terrible as far as, you know, the punchy in the face thing that happens with IPAs, especially with me. Yeah, that's good. That's damn good. Good job. Plan 9, once again, delivers a beer that meets my needs and makes me happy, just like the U.S. presidential election results should be as soon as they get around to fucking announcing them. Uh, by the way, it is November 6th. The election was three days ago, and we're still waiting for results. So it does look like Biden is going to win. So, yeah, I just I wish they would finally make the fucking call and say that he won because shit's getting weirder and weirder as we speak. Well, let's not talk politics on this one. I'd like to talk a little bit more about Plan 9 Alehouse because they're having their seven-year anniversary party actually tomorrow so it's going to be too late. That's on November 7th, 2020. This episode's not going to be out until November 9th. That's okay, though. If you're in the San Diego, California area, I think you should still go and check out Plan 9 Alehouse at 155 East Grand Avenue in downtown Escondido, California. You can call Plan 9 at 760-489-8817 or visit Plan 9 Alehouse on the web at www.plan9alehouse.com. Due to that seven-year anniversary that's coming up tomorrow, Plan 9 does have some collectible and very awesome glassware for sale and some unique beers that they made just for this seven-year anniversary available from November 7th, 2020 until they're all gone, that kind of thing. Get down there and check it out. I do have to say, Plan 9 also has done so much great stuff to get you to come in. They put in a whole bunch of records, rad records, Records that I want to buy every single one of, a ton of Misfits stuff. So yeah, there you go. They've also got a bunch of those super cool Super 7 collectible toys and action figures and the Misfits cutout, the wall cutout kind of thing. Super great. I do realize, however, that many of the people listening to this episode might be in Canada due to it is about Valerie Knox, the most awesome Canadian that there is. Realistically, you're not going to make it to play a Nine Ale House, and I do understand that. So why don't I say this? It would be great if you would support your very small local brewery in your area, wherever you are. There's a couple reasons. The beer that they sell is probably guaranteed to be much better than any of the bigger breweries. I would definitely stake my life on that statement. And smaller breweries and restaurants, that kind of thing, they could definitely use your patronage. I'm sure in these very shitty and turbulent times, good beer, good food, a good cause, why not support your local small brewery restaurant type of thing today, right? So there you go. Well, there was your ad for the episode. I'm getting very sneaky with this shit. It's almost subliminal how I'm doing things. Now, I, well, except for this part, I would like to ask you at the very beginning here, 
please do join my Patreon, become my patron. There are three tiers. They're all very fairly priced, and you do get a lot of value for your hard-earned dollars. Canadian or American, whatever. Wherever your money comes from, it's good on my Patreon. I do have to say that. There's bonus episodes up there. There's only two right now, but more are coming, and I have one coming up that is going to be so fucking amazingly great. There's going to be Patreon-only merch. I already have some. I have more on the way. Eventually, I'm going to do a Discord chat kind of thing or something like that. Well, check it out. The Patreon website is www.patreon.com slash I want to party with Bob. Please sign up. I'd really, really appreciate it. Let's get to a song and then to the interview with Valerie. The song coming up right now starts this thing off, I think, in a very appropriate way. And that song is Attitude, a cover of The Misfits being performed by The Hybrids. Then we're going to get to the interview. Halfway through the interview will be that anti-queen song, Worse Than Death, that I mentioned earlier, that is going to stick in your goddamn head forever. After that song, we'll finish up the interview, and I'll be back for a few words. Stand by. would like to welcome Valerie Knox to the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. Hello, Valerie, and thank you for coming on and talking to me. Hi. Hello. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Let's talk about Valerie for a minute, and I'll tell you what I know. Let's get to know you a little bit better. I know you from singing and playing guitar in Black Cat Attack, also in the Anti-Queens. I also found out today you're a big Misfits fan and possibly a big Pokemon fan as well. <laughs> I discovered. Yes. All things accurate. Tell, tell me about the Pokemon thing. Are you truly a Pokemon fan or do you just kind of dabble in the Pokemon thing? I would say I'm a dabbler. I was a fan of the TV show when it aired originally on YTV. I'd watch it after school and I just was so enchanted with the idea of what Pokemon was. So I've always really loved it, but I never really played the card game. I had an N64 game called Pokemon Snap that I liked. Ah, okay. Mastered it, got that. And then I didn't really, really like 
continue with it. When the game Pokemon Go came out in 2016, I played it briefly, but then realizing how much data it eats, I'm like, I can't, oh, I can't play this. <laughs> this is, yeah, it's this a killer. This is absurd. So, but now, flash forward four years, and the data plans are way better. So, <laughs> I've been playing it a lot lately, and it gets me out of the house to, and not have to worry about who I'm going to be exposed to or, you know going anywhere with too many people. So that's, it's been like a a fun way to kill some time. Like you said, it's a great way to get out and kind of walk around and cruise around and adventure in some ways. Yeah. So yeah, nothing wrong with that. The hybrids. Let me ask you about that. Is that just kind of like a quarantine project or is that like kind of an actual band that you're starting? The Misfits cover band. (laughs) You know, what's funny about that is like, a few, actually many months ago now, when quarantine was like first starting, I was approached by a local Misfits tribute band. They asked me to come do some of the vocals when they, and they had a, they had a show they were going to book here in Toronto and I was going to do that. And then obviously shows are not a thing right now, right. but then uh, my boyfriend and I just, we have all the equipment to record at home. So we just, for fun, just to kill some time, we started doing Misfits covers and we hooked up with a couple friends and it's just, we just kept doing it when we have time, but we are going to, we actually have been recording in studio. Wow. We're kind of like making it a little bit more serious now. So it sounds great. Like the recording quality sounds super, super good. Yeah. It's, so far, all of the, the Misfits covers that we've put out have been done at home on our like home recording equipment that we like got, we just like got it from Long and McQuay. That's one of our, that's like our guitar center up here. Ah, okay. And, um, we went and picked one up from there, learned how to use it and then just started like we went in blind. So it's been a lot of fun. I love singing the Misfits. What do you do in the hybrids? Do you just sing or do you play guitar as well? I've actually only been singing. I think one of the first ones, which might've been hybrid moments. I think I played guitar on that one, but for this one, I'm just singing and having fun, not worrying about anything else. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's good to kind of let go and just do something to- purely yeah. for fun, right? Hell yeah. So you're Canadian. You live kind of in the Toronto area or something like that. Where were you born? Were you born in Canada, around Toronto or something? I was born in Scarborough, Ontario, just outside of Toronto. Gotcha. Okay. So you lived there your whole life, pretty much? Yeah, in the suburbs of Toronto. <laughs> When did you start playing music? How old were you and all that stuff? Grade eight, going into grade nine, my parents got me my first guitar. And then I spent a summer learning how to play punk songs because I knew power chords. Well, my dad plays and he showed me the G chord, the E, the A, the D, and then the F bar chord. And then he said that like, when you do the bar chord, you can play like this and you can play any note. And I'm like, oh my God, punk rock. (laughs) Awesome. What yeah. kind of what kind of music were you listening to back then? What did you have you know bands that inspired um, you? Would you say so? I as far as like my actual influences that are what I would say are my influences to where I am today. I didn't come till later. I started with boy bands in elementary school, like and sure. think forever, <laughs> um, and like the Spice Girls. And but um, when I started getting older and more rebellious, so in grade eight, I dyed my hair pink. I got my first punk album it was enema of the state by blink 182 and from there it's like i was just absolutely enamored with the snotty attitude and like the rebelliousness and just the recklessness so 
from there I, I discovered the pop punk staples of the early 2000s so like good charlotte and and uh newfound glory and i i love no doubt no doubt was a big one that was sure. probably one of the first like rock and roll bands i ever really liked and then you know got into social distortion the misfits rancid distillers all the punk rock music wise you stayed very busy during covid it seems like you've had a bunch of playthrough videos for some songs for anna queen songs and black cat attack songs you're doing the hybrids band you did a rancid cover and then an offspring cover with my friend Jenarchy, actually, which I noticed saw online. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, how crazy. Like, I didn't know. Do you do you know Jen prior to doing that offspring cover? Uh, not personally, no. Uh, but the Anti Queens played a festival last year that Warren Women played. So um, oh. we got to see them. We got to see them. I think they did uh, Fouffant in Montreal for Pusa Fest last year. And then I also did a panel at that same festival and then Shauna spoke afterwards after the panel as well. Oh, so no that was cool. I kind of like had little, yeah, from afar interactions with them. And then we're in a video together and she's really cool. So that's great. That's awesome. You have a lot going on. I mean that all that stuff I just threw out there, like that's a lot of stuff to be doing, you know? It was just a lot of it was early on and just trying to stay busy and trying to, to stay happy you know, cause your whole livelihood gets put on hold and you don't know for how long and yeah. you haven't seen your band in a month and you haven't played a, then it's, you haven't played a show in five months. And it's like, you find anything you can do to feel like you're still active. And that's where the playthroughs and the covers were great. That's what I was going to ask. I mean, you really miss playing live shows and playing, being with the anti-queens and all that is that's pro is, is the anti oh my God, kind yes. of your, your primary band? Is that the the main band that you're focused um, on? For now, yeah. I mean, realistically, like the Anti-Queens are signed to a label. We've got uh, deadlines and expectations, and we have goals that we uh, are just, you know, full steam ahead on. And unfortunately, that means other things kind of fall to the side, Black Hat Attack being one of them. But it was, like, kind of weird timing that Anti-Queens started getting busy because, Black Hat Attack had Dave and Brian started a t-shirt brand company called Loud and Immortal. So they've been doing that full, like full steam for like, I want to say almost two years now. And then, um, our, one of our other guitar player, Mike, he had a kid and then he moved to the Northwest territories for a couple months and, and then uh, Ari, our drummer, he's, uh, he's working and living at home and he's like, he's, got a kid and a family and everyone's just really busy right now. Sure. So the timing was kind of <laughs> auspicious for more to be busier with the Anna Queens. In yeah. Some way, right. Straight up. Play, is playing live shows one of your favorite things? Is that a big thing for you? 1000%. It's like my main outlet. You, uh, on stage is where I'm able to just kind of reset and put myself like level out. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Absolutely. Playing a show is like what gives me my life force. <laughs> Sure. I get you. I mean, it's, it's, do you feel like you kind of lose not necessarily yourself, but all the worries, all the cares, all the struggling that you might may have in your personal life when you're playing on stage, like you don't have to worry about any none of, of it's that. present. Yeah. And that's none cool. of it's present at all. It's like, it's, it's almost like, I don't want to say this, but it's like, it's almost euphoric because you're just, you're doing good. Your confidence is at a thousand per, per, uh, percent your adrenaline is through the roof and you're just 
you're there and you're playing for people that actually want to hear what you're doing. And then the, when you get a great reaction, that just makes it all the more worthwhile. It's just such an amazing feeling and being able to be on stage with three other people that you don't even need to rely on them. You just know that they are going to be exactly where they're supposed to be. And you just, you're a unit and you work together and it's just such an amazing feeling. It's really, it's, it feels like, um, like an accomplishment every time we play. Sure. Anti-queens are extremely tight. I've noticed from your live sets that I've watched on YouTube and stuff, you are one of the tightest (laughs) bands. I mean, it's like you said, you almost act as like a unit and that's perfection as far as a band can be when you all kind of merge into this weird, like Voltron of awesome rock and roll. And yeah, you're all because it's that's, you have that. I mean, I just, the congratulations. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. You know, I have to say, BCA, Blackhead Attack's the same. Like, I go on stage with the whoever's playing, whether it's four other dudes or three other dudes. When we're on stage together, it's like, we don't even have to look at each other. We just know what's going to happen when. We're all, like, we're all attached at the brain. And I feel really fortunate to, like, have two bands for me that I get that same feeling from. So it's all, it's like, and they're so different too. And I've got different roles in both. It's like best of both worlds for me. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. That's, that's not, that's something that not a lot of people can say truly, you know, most people are lucky enough to have one band. That's kind of like that for you to have two. You know, it's true. I've been, I've been really fucking lucky my whole life. I can't even lie. (laughs) That's great. Like I just, I'm surrounded by some of the most talented people I've ever worked with and they're all in bands with me. And it's, it's just unreal. Sometimes I'm not sure if I'm even supposed to be here. <laughs> I'm like, am I in the right place? <laughs> I'm glad you didn't they join. They all blow me away every day. I'm glad you didn't join like a Blink cover band and let that kind of influence carry through <laughs> from your early life, you know? So, you know, if I was in a Blink cover tribute band, I'd probably be making a lot more money than I am doing two other bands. That's two possible. Original bands. That's possible. But <laughs> would you be as happy? That's the thing. Would you be as happy? I don't think you'd be as happy, you know? No, I don't think so. I don't think it would have any kind of satisfaction to come with it other than like being able to afford rent. <laughs> yes. And that's its own kind of success. But the other way seems to me to be much more. Yeah. The happiness side of it is so much more important, yeah. you know? 1000%. So let's, the hybrids and the misfits, we kind of briefly talked about this before we started recording. You are a big misfits fan. I am. I am a big misfits fan. What about Danzig? What about the Danzig years? The Danzig are, that's what I live for. The Danzig misfits are my misfits. Okay. That's the misfits that inspires me. And, and you know what I love about the Danzig misfits is that they're, songs are very old school and the topics are old school. And even if I don't agree with some of their lyric choices, they, they're just a band that just never let me down. And and I absolutely love singing Michael Graves. No, not Michael Graves. Sorry. Glenn Danzig. Oh my God. Not Michael Graves. Glenn Danzig. Strike that from the record, your honor, because we'd have to, we'd have to cut that. Thank you. Can we cut that out of the show? Uh, (laughs) Can we cut just like, can we edit that out? That would be fantastic. That is so I'll I'll talk to my engineer. Oh, it's me. Yeah, no problems. Yeah, we're good. (laughs) I love singing Glenn Danzig. He croons and he is just a lot of my vocal style comes from Glenn Danzig. Oh, nice. What about the Sawan or Sam Hain years? I always say it's Sam Hain. How do you say it anyways? Do you say it? 
Uh, Sam, Sam Hain, but that's not a band. This is hilarious. It's not a band I ever got into. It's for me. It's just misfits. I end mother. I love that song. Okay. So like the, the dancing quote unquote, yeah. like solo stuff. Yeah. The first record you like, yes, no. The very first dancing um, kind of solo record. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I really ever like explored it too much. I've always just been completely enamored with the misfits and I've never strayed from that. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. 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 Even though I was going to say the drummer on that for the first four dancing records was Canadian Chuck biscuits. I mean, let's, let's hand it to yeah. Chuck biscuits here. So anyways, nice. you, know, you should check out the first four records are okay. The first one is mm-hmm. by far the best though. But it's not yeah. the Misfits, and it's not, you know what I mean? And it, it's hard. It's like it's, you have to look at it almost like, in my case, almost like it's a totally separate band, right? It's still got that voice. Oh, 100%, yeah. And he's still got yeah. kind of that magic dancing touch, right? But it's not the same. It's a different thing. Well, I think for me that's part of it is because they are totally separate and they are totally different. And what I love about the Misfits is that they – they take a horror movie and they make it into song, you know, like that's what I love about the misfits is just the, the kind of the horror and the fantasy behind it. I love the stories that are told. It's kind of like schlocky and fun and B movie style. And it's just, it's a a good time typically. Yeah. 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 I'm with you a hundred percent. So graves era misfits. No, no, not a fan, huh? You know, at one point I was, but he has lost me as a fan forever. I always, you know, you know, there's always that that kind of stigma where you say, "Oh, I like the Misfits," and you get those those Misfits fans that that never accepted Graves, no matter what, and they they always said that he's not the Misfits, not my Misfits. And I always like, you know what they wrote? They put out some good songs. They're well crafted. They were different, right? You know, they were they were shinier, they were cleaner, but they were still just as tough and they were just as aggressive. And it really is a fucking shame that they are that he is what he is now and it's like i don't want to be like i don't want to have like any any i don't want to support anything that he's touched i hear you and that includes the misfits that was like that was that was the last straw for me like your your political opinions and your party political party choices that's your fucking business but when you start openly like being hateful and just everything that he said and like openly admitting that he's part of a a known hate group so I just that that was the last straw for me. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't, disgusting. He disgusts me. Not a dime of my money will ever go towards supporting that guy or anything like that in any way, shape, or form. Same. Well, let's do a round of kind of would you rather and or you have <laughs> okay. to choose. You have to make a choice and you have to explain yourself as far as why when it's the choose your own adventure type of question here. So the first one Uh-oh. is. <laughs> You'd have a choice between spending a week with Glenn Danzig, full access, cruising around, going to work with you, being your buddy, doing whatever, Danzig or Doyle, or Doyle, Frank and Doyle. Which one would you pick? I don't know. I feel like neither of them would really thrive in my social life. You know, considered a pre-COVID, so enormous pre-COVID and intimidating. Too. Let's throw <laughs> let's throw another uh, wrench in the works and say it's pre-COVID. So there's no COVID to worry about. You can go, you can go to Disneyland. You can go wherever you want to go with them. Well, okay. All right, fine. Then that answer is super super easy. I'm gonna go ahead and say Glenn Danzig. Yep. 
Because on International Women's Day, Doyle on Instagram posted a photo of a cow. Are you serious? Yes, he did. What? I did not know that. I thought Doyle was I know the he's nice like, one. I always thought I know he was... that he's like super vegan yes. and he's all about animal rights. Right. But like on International Women's Day, he posted a photo of a cow and I think a baby cow. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not enough for me to like openly chastise Doyle for it, but because, you know, there are people out there spouting worse things and right. I feel like I'm the only person that kind of caught on to it anyway. So I wasn't about to start anything. Take your battles. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yep. yep. <laughs> I had no idea. Doyle is on my shit list from here on out. Okay. Well, you did <laughs> Okay. You know, I got to I got to open for Doyle one time though in Black Hat Attack. We were on tour on like this DIY book tour. I booked all of it myself. And I just through a promoter that heard of us and thought we were rad, he offered us this show opening for Doyle on his tour in Connecticut. And uh I didn't talk to any of the bands. They were very quiet. But they put on a great show. Who was it? Their drummer quit two days before their tour started. So they had uh Tiny from TSOL filling in on drums. Oh, no kid, Really? Wow. Yeah. What's the name of That his... was a cool show to be a part of. That is a cool show. What, what's the name of Doyle's band? Is it like Monster something or or is it Von no, Doyle? No, it was, uh, I think it was just Doyle and, but it was the Abominator tour. He put out an album called Abominator and that was the tour that he was on. Oh. He had, um, he had, I can't, uh, I'm an asshole. I can't remember the name, but he had, I believe it's the singer from, oh, horror rock band called cancer slug singing i think i can't remember his name it was a while ago oh sure 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 yeah no problem no problem okay so i think we kind of answered this next question in the prior session but i'm gonna ask it anyways choose one sam hain or danzig the solo danzig stuff danzig okay good, good because answer. i love danzig <laughs> mother <laughs> that was very good I would say you. you should listen to Inidium and I'm kind of hit or miss with a Sam Hain. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I love it. And like, eh, whatever. And I sat and listened to the whole thing. And that record is fucking brilliant. It really is. I would highly, right on. I would highly advise you to uh, spend some time listening to that if you get a chance. So, okay. One more. All right. I will. Okay, good, good. One more misfits either or question and these are songs <laughs> okay london dungeon or halloween well when what context which is my favorite yeah, yes oh, i'm sorry yeah which one do you like better which is a better song and why why do you think it's a good song or or better than the other song mm. i really love london dungeon because it has such like an 80s feel to it yes it does yes it's got like that I don't know how to describe it, that lo-fi sound to it. But Halloween is great because the lyrics are really fucking cool in that one. And then they're, they're gruesome, but they, they make it, they make it feel like Halloween. And that song is one of my favorite songs to cover. Yeah, a, did you cover that song? So I'm, I may or may not have recorded vocals to that before this podcast. Oh, <laughs> excellent. excellent. Okay. I wish I had a record. Yeah. I wish I had a record label. Cause then I'd, we'd be talking uh, numbers. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I, don't nice. you, I don't know if you could do, could you even release a record of misfits covers? I guess you could. I mean, whatever, right? Uh, we're actually, that's something we've been talking about 
one of our members, Scott Middleton, is from the band called The Cancer Bats. He's he's been playing bass on them and like and mixing them and mastering the tracks. And we've been uh, kind of building more songs at his studio. I haven't gone yet, but when COVID's kind of flaring up around here right now, so once it chills out again, I'm going to go back in studio and lay down some more vocals. And we're doing it in studio now. It's oh, gotten to that. So we're we're thinking. I, believe we're thinking about releasing it we just gotta make sure we do it the right way so the misfits don't come after us yeah 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 that's the tricky (laughs) thing that's kind of the tricky part to go back to your answer to the london dungeon or halloween this the chorus for halloween i mean you can't go wrong with that it's like the guitar yeah the reason i asked really was the guitar riff in london dungeon is so like you know oh i know what this is you know every time you hear it it's Mm -hmm. like oh yeah but then the chorus to Halloween is like, dude, that's the misfits. Like that defines the misfits in some ways, you know? I don't know. The London Dungeons, like this is uh this is a an argument my boyfriend and I have because he loves that song. And the man has good taste. He does I love it too, taste. but like, yeah. <laughs> but like that for him, like my, I think my all time favorite misfit song is either gonna be Hybrid Moments or Hollywood Babylon. And for him, it's London Dungeons. Well, let's switch gears to get a little bit more serious. Let's talk about Canada. Okie dokie. <laughs> the United States <laughs> kind of has this reputation now of being like the meth lab under Canada, right? I mean, there's <laughs> memes about it and everything. And right, rightfully so, Canada, on the other hand, from a person who lives in the United States, especially now, kind of has this like, land of milk and honey or like promised land kind of feel to it. Like, I wish I was in Canada. I, I, I probably say that twice a week just because things yeah. are so shitty here. Right. Yeah. I feel that. What I want to kind of ask you about is some of the ideas that we have about what it's like to live in Canada. Just a couple things versus maybe what the reality of it is like healthcare, okay. like your healthcare. Do you, do you mm-hmm. have free healthcare? Uh, yeah, you, yeah, I mean, you pay taxes and it goes towards that, but otherwise, yeah, everyone has access to healthcare. So you, what do you do? Say you get but sick. Th- that that doesn't in, that doesn't include dental. We ah. don't have, which is a shame because like I have really bad teeth, so it's that's been a struggle, and like that will burn a hole in your pocket really fast. Oh yeah. And then um, eye care is also not covered. I think they're trying to change both, though. That would be great. Yeah, it's just like emergencies, uh, you know, viruses, uh, injuries, but even like mental health isn't as available as it should be too. like in order to, to go see a doctor because it's required, I have to go see my doctor first and they have to reference. And then, you know, you have to wait in line and it's just things like that. It's not as, as accessible as it should be, but it's, it is still accessible. It's like you almost you have to get a referral from your main yeah. doctor if you say like I have depression or well, something in my, like that. And in my experience, yeah. Oh, okay. But it just comes out of your taxes. You don't actually have to pay a dime for. Oh. Uh, no. If you forget your health card when you go to a walk-in clinic, they will charge you thirty dollars. Here's the other thing: it's... if you don't have, it doesn't include medication. So if you don't have benefits from work, which I'm not eligible for, I work in retail and I don't work enough hours to qualify for benefits with the company I work for. My, my medication is at full price. Whereas my mom, my mother who has a full-time job in an industry, she has health benefits 
she pays like a fraction of the price for her medication. Oh, okay. Okay. So that can also burn a hole in your pocket, but if it's an emergency care, then you don't pay for it. Wow. Like if you have to go to the hospital, yeah. if you have to have your appendix out yeah, or something anything like that. You, that happened to me once oh, and God, I didn't I'm have sorry. to pay anything oh, for it. Oh. It was awful. At least you it took a long time to recover for. Yeah, I didn't. So wow. I had to pay. Uh, no, actually I had to pay uh, $13 for um, Oxycontins for pain. $13. It's $13. Wow. I think here yeah. that's like a $200 prescription or not, if not more. The next question is about music and the arts in Canada. Can you get money from the government in Canada to make like music videos to do? Is there like an, uh, like a grant program through the government that you can kind of get a part of to, to help out, help the band do things? There are, there are grants available for bands. It's not, all government there are individual grants and bursaries that are awarded to local musicians there was one okay so we have a we have a program called socan and that's for copywriting your music 
and royalty payouts and everything. And that's to keep everything legit and making sure that you're making the money for your, your uh, credited work. Right. Sure. So they used to, they used to have a monthly bursary or uh, an affiliate of theirs had a bursary, like a hundred dollars. You could apply for it every month and four, four bands in the area or artists in the area could win a hundred dollars to just go towards gas for shows or something. And then there is a program called factor, which is the main one. That one, I can't remember how it's funded. I've actually never really applied for any major grants before personally, but uh, yeah, there are grants. Anti Queens was album was funded by grant, uh, a factor grant. Oh. And then our next, our next album, I believe will also have some factor grant funding as well. So it is available, but you have to, for the larger grants, you have to be organized. You have to be ready. You have to, you have to do it like, legit (laughs) sure sure god that's fantastic that's absolutely a beautiful thing yeah they understand how important the arts and music and everything like that is and are willing to to give people money to make that kind of thing happen is such a beautiful thing it is to an extent uh, although there are there are bands canadian bands that have reached substantial success that still get the grants so for me, sometimes I would personally like to see them invest into the lower tier bands that are still in development. Oh, so yeah, you find sure. so you know put put a put a grant, put money into a band like the Anti Queens, but five years ago, you know, and then maybe we'd be further now and we'd be a, a more successful Canadian band. But we had to build it from the ground up, just like every other band. So. Right now right. we're in a position where we're signed to a label and we do get financial funding in certain areas. But I mean, it would just be nice to have that be accessible to underdeveloped bands so they get that opportunity to to become something great. You know, certainly, yeah. I mean, anything would help. Uh, sure, I mean, gas money to get to a show, guitar strings, drumsticks, heads, whatever yeah. you name it. I know because it's a being in a band is not a cheap proposition, no matter how you look at it. You know, you're constantly spending your own money on stuff. Unless if you're lucky enough to be endorsed. And Well, I'm coming to you live from my mother's basement where I currently live, so. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Understood, <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's do one more round of Would You Rather or Either Or, okay? The first okay. one is, Would You Rather Poutine? I hope I pronounced that right. Or... Burritos mm-hmm. or burritos? Which one? Which one? Burritos every time. Really? You're Canadian. Yes. And you said burritos. <laughs> I'm very. That's. I'm. Thank you, Valerie. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love burritos. Oh man, we we get burritos all the time when we're on tour, especially in the south. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever Have you ever been to California? I've not been to California. I've only done East Coast. The furthest west I've ever been is Texas on oh, tour. So okay. I ha- we've never either been. Neither of us have hit the West Coast. Ah, okay. You have to experience a burrito from, especially San Diego has, ask anybody that lives in San Diego, they are the best burritos in the world. But I wouldn't say no to any burrito, really. Okay. Yeah, so, right? Well, what's your favorite kind of burrito then? Um. Okay, so I'm really weird. It's really boring. I actually don't like rice or beans on my burrito oh, okay Fair so enough. everything like all the veggies chicken cheese sour cream maybe some burrito sauce maybe some guac depending on the mood i'm in 
nothing spicy. <laughs> a really boring burrito eater, but I love burritos. You don't like spicy stuff? You don't like like salsa or anything like that? No. Oh, no. It's it's not a good scene. I panic. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> now, here's a would you rather question. Would you rather be forced to play guitar left-handed for the rest of your life? You couldn't switch back to playing right-handed or... <laughs> to only be able to play drums to learn how, unless if you already know how to play drums or to only play drums for the rest of your life. So you have to relearn how to play, play guitar. Oh my God, neither. Or no more guitar. <laughs> you can only play drums. Oh fuck. Neither. I'm so bad at drums. <laughs> like I've got, I've got no coordination, like coordination between my two hands is already difficult enough for me. Add in your feet. And I'm just, Drums. <laughs> well, I can do an oompa-pa beat. But like, you're already ahead guitar, of the game, then you're halfway there. The thought so. of restarting guitar 20 years into playing guitar, like that just breaks my brain. No. But I could do slide and that would be easy. Okay. Okay. Well we'll give you we'll give you, <laughs> you know, we'll change the rules of the game. We'll give you a neither for that one. Okay. That's fair. Fair enough. You know, there are no rules in this game, technically. So <laughs> perfect. That works out really well for me. Okay, good. <laughs> Here's an either or as far as touring goes. Do you like touring in the United States more or in Canada more? United States. Really? Okay. All right. And why? I I love being able to see so many different places. I love that the United States changes the further south you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love the scenery like that I've driven through Vermont and Vermont is absolutely stunning. West Virginia is one of my favorite States. I adore West Virginia. There's mountains, there's forests, there's huge hills. Oh, it's amazing. Beaches in Florida. The only things we got to go just, it's uh, just south of Tampa Fort. I don't know if I'm saying this right, but it's called Fort DeSoto beach. And it was called our shorts in March tour because you could wear shorts in Florida in oh, March. Yeah. <laughs> and we went to the beach and it was incredible. And the, I, I just, I love the United States. I love seeing everything in the United States. I've met so many incredible people in the United States. Some like my favorite bands are from the United States. So I love, I love touring the United States. I love seeing the, the, every dingy dive venue. And we've seen, we've played some historic places over the years too. We got to play uh, the milestone in um, Charlotte, North Carolina. And that one's been around, I think, 50 years. Wow. And, like, I think the Ramones have played there, Bad Brains. They have, like, fans that spray-painted their shit on the walls, and they left it. And fucking dope. And the people there, North, oh, I just, I love the United States. I love touring the United States. This is the first time in seven years I've not gone to the United States. Oh, bomber. Do you usually <laughs> go to uh, Gainesville Fest? Do any of your bands ever play Gainesville Fest? No. No, we were supposed to play this year. Oh God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we were, we got on this year and it was going to be great. We we're going to book a tour around it and then we were going to come home and record a new album. And anyway, so yeah. we got invited to do the online fest. So the anti-queens made um, a live stream video. We, we pre-recorded it. It's for um, fest on the fest that never was, fest that never was, which right. is yeah. yes which uh, Facebook on Halloween starts at 12. I think I don't know what time we're playing at, but I'm drenched in blood in it. And it was really difficult to film. Oh, awesome. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what song were you doing when, when that happened? 
or for the whole set? Oh, or was it the whole set? It was for the whole set. I went for a carrier kind of theme. Oh, I was going to say either so. that or Sam Hain, or you did a Sam Hain cover set, which, but either way, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I was just trying to be Carrie, and uh, I had this prom dress that I got at a at a Goodwill for fifteen bucks, and it's big and poofy, and and uh, yeah, I got my boyfriend to pour blood all down all over me awesome and it was very (laughs) sticky you can see in the video this arm is like like sticking to my dress right here and it's like pulling (laughs) oh god (laughs) it was it was it was not as fun as i thought it was going to be be. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my boyfriend was a trooper though he filmed it for me and uh he he put the whole video together for the anti-queens his name is michael crusty by the way and it's uh Crusty Media, and he he's done a couple of our music videos, and he uh, put this one together for us too. Oh, nice, cool! I've seen stuff that he's done online for sure, especially stuff that's associated with you. So yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah he does great, great, great. He's stuff done all sure. kinds of stuff. Yeah, he's been hooking up and making connections with all kinds of people. It blows my mind every day. I don't cool. know, like he's just always interested in meeting people and collaborating. So he's he's actually uh, just worked on something with Genarchy. Or uh, fast as well, I think. Oh, no kidding. Oh, how cool. Okay, let's ask the ghosts and paranormal stuff question. My favorite subject, other than the misfits. I'm ready. Apparently. Okay, good. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you, you know, quote unquote, believe in ghosts? Um, at one point in my life, 1000% I did. But as I get older, I'm, I don't know, less, less convinced. But uh, when I was a kid, I was convinced my house was haunted. Oh, w- what age? Up until you were a teenager kind of thing? or Yeah, honestly, like, I want to say, like, I had weird experiences through my youth. Like, there's one night I was trying to fall asleep, and I remember seeing, like, swirls, really faint swirls on my ceiling. And my sister moved out when she was 18, and I was 10. And... I still heard someone walking around her room even after she moved out late at night. And then I, there's just been two, oh, I had this weird goth kid over one night, a friend of mine. And the first time he had ever been in my house and we we're hanging out actually in this basement. And he just says, there's someone in the other room. And I said, no, there isn't. He says, yes, there's a man in the other room. I'm like, holy fuck, this kid can see a ghost. And the only reason I kind of like fell for it at the time is when I was playing guitar, I downloaded a bunch of songs off of Napster because I'm going to age myself real quick. <laughs> right. I was playing, I was playing along my first guitar and my practice amp and I had my computer up and I had Napster going in the songs. I was learning how to play the songs and out of the corner of my eye, I see something at the end of the hall. It's dark and it feels like a person. And then I look again And there was nothing there, but there wasn't even anything there that I could have mistaken it for, you know, like, uh, where your senses kind of manipulate something into something it isn't, but there was nothing there I could have mistaken it for at all. So I had spent a lot, I had paranormal investigators come into my house one time. They didn't find anything. And then after that, I never felt anything in my house. In the house you're in right now? Yes. Wow. So that, okay. The house you're in now is the house that you grew up in too. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and it was bad enough that you you had an investigator. I was come so and check it I out. was 
so convinced. I was so convinced that they we, they would find something because there were just too many times in my life where it came up where I had senses or feelings. There's other lots of other stories too that I could keep talking about, but uh, it's lots of experiences in this house, probably from age four to I want to say like sixteen, and then. Wow. Later in life, it I be I was out of my house more, and I wasn't home, and I never it kind of like it leaves you. And then I thought, oh my, I had an opportunity to get paranormal investigators, and I'm like, I'm going to do this. This is hilarious. And we didn't find anything. We found nothing. There was nothing at all. And these are guys that said like they've have had experiences, and they said there was nothing in my house. <laughs> How long like, of okay. the investigation did they do? How long were they there for? They came over, I think they came over around 1 a.m. And they stayed till about 4. And we turned all the power off in the house. And they set up the infrared cameras. They had the the little, the what's it called? The little gadget where it picks up certain uh, frequencies or uh, electric. Electromagnetic frequency yes. meter. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yep. They did that. And we did a seance. We tried to talk to it with a recorder and like, listen back. Nothing. Nothing. And no, nothing ever happened nothing again after all. that either. Nope. Wow. They must've scared it's whatever the crazy was there away. Fucking thing. <laughs> that's, honestly, that's what I think. That's what I think. I think I brought these paranormal investigators in and whatever was in my house was like, let's get out of here. And like, you know, scram. <laughs> that's what I feel like. I feel, feel like, a person that doesn't sound right of mind right now, but this is like, I am convinced of all of this. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt <laughs> it. I mean, that's, it wouldn't be the first time something like that has happened. You kind of think now you have doubts about like, well, what do you think a ghost is, you know, or, or do you have different opinions about different things? Like is a ghost, a departed, the spirit of a departed person, like a soul, or is it just like energy that's left behind or something else entirely? I think it's just honestly, if it if it is a thing, I think it is something along the lines of an energy source, and you pick up on it, and you, and it relates to how sensitive you are to feeding off of that or reading it, you know, sure. even subconsciously. I think it's more of an energy that you just you pick up on. Sure. Do you do you ever think anything about maybe because when some of that stuff happened, you were a teenager, some of that could have been coming off of you. Like what they say about poltergeists, how it's like a, especially teenage girls, they say, give off this certain kind of energy that makes poltergeist stuff happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's entirely possible. You know, I just remembered something that's more recent that I think you could classify as a paranormal mystery. I watched the movie, The Ninth Gate, starring Johnny Depp. Have you ever seen that film? Love, love the movie. Yes, yes. Okay, so. I watched that and then I started seeing the number 666. I started seeing it more regularly and now it's to the point where I see it every single day. I have photos on my phone and I have screenshots and I, I took a photo of a gas pump that I wasn't even using. I just happened to glance over it and there it was 666 on the, the price. And I'm oh. like, it's like actually following me everywhere I go. Look, Look That's that up. Entirely true story. You should you should Google oh, that. I, There's information about stuff so, like that that happens. That's not some of it might be like crackpot conspiracy stuff, but there's some yeah. there might be some information about that too. So 
So here's the thing. Here are the coincidences. One, I have always loved satanic uh, films, horror films. It's my favorite genre. Like Possession and Hauntings, those are my favorites. Two, sorry, I did look it up, and it does, there's like this whole meaning about uh, material interests and not being focused. It, it's like, there's a oh. whole theory, other theory behind it, but I, I'm not sure if it's, you know, the devil that's just, you know, reminding me eventually I'll be in hell, or if it's, you know, maybe a guardian angel telling me the opposite. And to just stay focused and I don't know. This is all so, so crazy. Right. <laughs> but the number 666 literally is following me everywhere I go. I can prove it. Holy cow. Wow. That's crazy. That doesn't make me <laughs> feel very comfortable. That stuff scares the shit out of me. So, but like you, <laughs> I think. Satanic stuff, the satanic stuff is the scariest genre because it's the only one that is, that could be true depending on what your religious beliefs are right it's the only one that's actually documented you know like right that one's the most terrifying because there is that tiny little thing in the back of your head that says this could be real even, you if, know? even if you don't believe the same thing like were you was your mother religious were you raised in a somewhat religious no. household at all no no not at all my parents are both like they were at one point when they were forced to be when they were kids but they didn't baptize me or my sister and we were not not raised raised religious at all okay so you but you didn't have that irrational fear of like the devil drilled into you from a, a young no age i just like that but i know that there are millions of people out there that do believe that and they have it coming from somewhere and i'm not saying that any of it is true but there are people out there that believe it that people that say they've even witnessed it so that's why i love that genre is because you get that that genuine fear in the back of your head and it never it's never not there when you watch those films for me anyway those ones scare the fucking shit out of me (laughs) we haven't spent too much time talking about music but let me ask you a couple of real brief questions about music what is your favorite part of being in a band what if you had to pin it down to just one thing where you said i'm in a band and this absolutely is my favorite thing about it what would you say that is for me it's performance it's being able to perform, uh, like plugging in and being on stage. It's the performance aspect for me is, is my heart and soul. I like, don't get me wrong. I, I love being creative, but I'm not, I'm not as strong with creating as I am performing. I love writing a part and learning it and being a part of the unit. That's what I love about it. On the flip side of that, what's your least favorite part of being in a band? Having to work a retail job while doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Having to have a day job, yes, and not being able to do the band as a full time. Because it is like having honestly, yeah. A couple jobs or like it's almost like like having three jobs or four jobs in some ways. Honestly. Yep. You're not kidding. Well, a lot of work and sometimes you just wish that it could be everything that you do. You know, it sucks having to kind of turn that part of your brain off. So you can focus on this other thing that you have to do, right? Yeah, that makes, yeah, that makes sense. You have to do something to pay the bills and you wish. The only thing that sucks about it is not being able to do it 24 <laughs> seven. That's a great, that's a fan. That's a great answer. Absolutely. Yeah. Great, <laughs> great answer. Okay. Well, last question really. So the Anna Queens have a new record coming out soon ish, right? Uh, we're going to right now, we're just going to call 
possibly spring, but it is going to depend on the pandemic and how Canada progresses, right? And the other thing is, too, is we got to look at how other countries are progressing as well because we don't want to put an album out that we can't go and tour. Like, we haven't even brought our full-length LP to the United States yet. We played two shows in the U.S., but we haven't, we haven't toured it down the East coast. We've gone down the East coast so many times now and they don't have anything that has me recorded on it. I've been in the band for five years. Right. Cause that last record was your first record, right? That was kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What I thought. Okay. Yeah, totally. So I just, uh, I just hope everyone can, you know, keep persisting and trying to fight this thing. And hopefully we can all come and tour down there. Cause I'm so heartbroken that I don't get to tour to the South us this year i'm so sad <laughs> everybody needs to wear a goddamn mask everybody needs yeah. to wear a mask yeah i mean i just look at the fact that so few people in the united states wear masks and, and that is what keeps a band like you from coming down here and playing and me going being able to go and see your band play or any band or anything yeah until any band God any knows when, type you know? of performance yeah right and it sucks i sometimes i feel like we're the the part we're the industry that a lot of people have forgotten about because they they can't relate to a, any type of performer or uh you, I would even consider you doing interviewing you're part of the entertainment industry and I don't think they can relate to how much my life has changed you know like sure. my yeah. whole livelihood is has been on pause since March and there are people that never stopped working because they can do it from home and it's a little annoying change but there's also good parts to it as well and I know everybody has their own struggles but you know I just wish that some people would think about the poor musicians who are just yeah. dying <laughs> yeah. not literally but figuratively right no income no Sometimes. right I mean and like you said too this interview could have been done in person right now we could have been done yeah. and it that makes for a better interview this is great too but yeah, yeah, that's another, that's kind of another, I want to stress how much that's a small price to pay for what's going on yeah. compared to what's happening with other people who've completely are penniless right now or whatever, you know, there's oh, so 100%. much other horrible stuff, but that's just another price, another cost on, on all of us because of people yeah. not being people being selfish and not caring. I think for the, the entertainment industry specifically, I think that it's hard on us mentally and we can sit at home and be safe, but we're also really struggling really hard because we don't have that part of our life that keeps us going, you know? Right. Emo- emo- emotionally as well as monetarily yeah. in some cases. I'm, and I'm cut off from my entire community right now. You know, like right. my, my band, my drummer's in Montreal. My bass player is in Newmarket and she lives with, to um, vulnerable people. So she's nervous about, you know, interacting and potentially getting exposed because she's got people that, that she's got to think about. Right. And then Emily's on the entire other side of Toronto in another region that's also spiking in cases. And it's just, it's a bummer. Our, our manager, Matthew, he's all the way out in Ottawa. And my other band members, I've got two local band members that I can sometimes make time to see but it's like even still it's like right now everything's spiking around here so it's like getting together with people is difficult right now and it's hard because 
every all the health guides are saying don't bring outside people into your house, right? Right. So yeah. people that aren't within your immediate bubble, kind of thing. Your immediate. Yeah. 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 I have a hard time with trying to like repress feeling resentful of people that are out there living their lives because it's like, oh, why do you get to do it? I know. <laughs> like I should be too. You should be. Yeah. You're right. No. No. Uh, you're 100 right. Things aren't normal. Yeah. Things yet, are not is normal. What I'm trying to no, say. No. You know. And it's like people got to get out of the mentality that it's becoming normal and it's. It, things are not normal. No. We just got to remember that. We do. Yeah, yeah. Words of wisdom. Absolutely. Yeah. We absolutely have to remember Sorry, that. Sorry. That, that was an excessive explanation. Sorry <laughs> no, for that. No, that's great. <laughs> no, no. Absolutely great. Because you put into words, I think, what a lot of people are thinking. And that's important for people to hear that kind of thing, you know? Because maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe one person will end up hearing that and will stay their ass home and save somebody else's fucking life by, you know what I mean? So you yeah, always gotta, you always gotta look sure. at it that way, no matter how small, you know, that was a very positive thing that you said. So, okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you got it. So yeah, new Anna Queens record, maybe in spring of 2021, Maybe spring. <laughs> kind of anything else going on? I mean, well, we, uh, the black cat pack, we just recently moved into a new jam space right before cases started spiking around here. So we haven't actually practiced yet. We're in the mindset uh, now we're starting to get in the mindset of writing new material as well. It's been four years since we put anything out, so it's time. And then uh, right now, I think both bands were just focusing on writing and then trying to stay as active as possible, specifically the Anti-Queens. We just announced uh, today that we'll be part of our record label, Stomp Records, their 25th anniversary uh, virtual uh, virtual festival that they just announced today. So. They got lots of bands from the labels. They're going to be filming live sets and uh, they're going to do, they're going to do one every week. And yeah, Andy Queens will be a part of that. Awesome. Okay. And then the hybrids, you said maybe you're working on kind of slowly building your library of covers and recording them. And you might be going in to actually do a full recording and maybe a record or something like that. I believe we have four songs done on drums and then, uh, we, I don't know, we just got to find the time for it because all the members are active musicians and active bands. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, Valerie, thank you so, so much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Uh, it was great talking to you. Absolutely great. Thank you for having me. Uh, check out the Andy Queens on Instagram, Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, we do complain about Trump a lot. And uh, good luck with your elections, America. Make sure you go and vote. Well, thank you, Valerie. Thank you so much for the kind words about our election, which is still not over as I record this on Friday, November 6th in the year of our lard 2020. Yeah, it's not over yet. The interview is over. This episode is almost over. And that is a sad thing. Thank you so much, Valerie, for that interview. That was absolutely great. The Valerie Knox interview and music spectacular has been a spectacular episode. I'm really stoked on it, and I hope you enjoyed listening to this one as much as I enjoyed making it for you. Also, thanks to the other band members in Black Cat Attack, the Anti-Queens, and the Hybrids for letting me use the music in this episode. I really do appreciate that. Thanks to Plan 9 Alehouse for making this episode possible and making the finest beers south of the Canadian border, maybe even north of the Canadian border. I don't know. I do like Canadian beer. I will say that. 
And I will also say I pretty much like all beer. So, yeah. As always, thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. Please remember, subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, please consider becoming my patron on Patreon. The Bobcast Patreon site is www.patreon.com slash I Want to Party with Bob. Here's one last song, The Hybrids, with the song Hybrid Moments, one of my favorite Misfits songs. Thanks again for listening.